really do. You're a 21 year old punk fucking kid. This grandpa's given you everything all your fucking life. You've never had a car payment, a house payment. Everything you live in was given to you by grandpa. You fucking don't know what it's like to work for a fucking living like I do. To bust my fucking ass and do what I do. And you know what, Sean? You fucked me, and that's the way you got it. But you know what? Your grandpa's money will run out someday, and you'll have to feast for yourself. Get a fucking job, you piece of shit. Welcome to Behind the Smoke Podcast, Barbecue War Stories. My name is Sean Walchef from Cali Comfort Barbecue, here with my man, Derek Marceau from Valley Farm Market. Hello, hello. And uh, we are back, back to the beginnings. We're back at a... Right across the street from Cali Comfort in our think tank converted garage. Um, we, live, we live here during uh, barbecue. We do. We live here during barbecue. Uh, Silicon Valley, they have uh, their think tanks. This is our Spring Valley think tank. Uh, this is where the magic happens. Yeah, Derek's doing a little bit of brand new construction on your offices above the butcher shop. So our podcast studio is a bit under construction, so to speak. Or yeah, it's, a no, con- it's just... Uh, I'm converting my office or I'm, I'm just doing construction on it. And all of the stuff that was in the office now goes to the podcast room. So people still have places to work until it's done. It's easy, right? Oh, it's dude. It's so easy. Just have it's no, so no easy. computers. No, I mean, it's everyone's really excited about it. Computers. <laughs> oh, you need internet. Yeah. So it's uh, it's been a nightmare when but. the, when the internet goes down, everything shuts down. Yeah. Our, our whole lives. We don't know what to do. No. It's like, how do we fucking even walk without internet? I don't know. I don't, I don't know how it. we do it. How'd you, uh, how'd you make it through last Father's Day weekend at the shop? Man, talk about a fucking clusterfuck. It was, uh, it was great, though. We um, broke records again, and uh, I heard you guys did the same thing over here. Yeah, it was, uh, it was our busiest day ever. Um, we used to do about thirty to $40,000 in a month back way back in the day when it was country choice, um, when we were doing breakfast and really didn't know what the fuck we were doing, um, just as a family. And now just on father's day, we were able to break $30,000 on one Sunday and, you, um, you know, without our team working as hard as they did, I don't know how those guys behind the line, how we, we all banded together and made it happen. General managers, managers, I Eric, like it. Getting Lisa, back there, getting dirty. Ian, yeah, getting <laughs> dirty is dirty is that's a clean, clean way to say what, saw, what it looked like. You see that picture? Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, that's uh, that was bad. That was it looked like a rave, dude, like a wedding being rave. But how fucking rad! I mean, it's it was. just to have that kind of uh, support behind you. The community seems to be backing us, and you know we're very, very fortunate that everyone um, keeps coming back and you know wants to take their dad to Cali comfort on a, on a special day like that, or wants to come to Valley farm and get them some nice steaks. So, um, shout out to all of our customers, man. We yeah. really appreciate you. Oh man. no, it was absolutely incredible. We can't do what we do without you guys. So yeah. And we even that. had, uh, you know, Derek walls, our specialty pit boss. He stepped up, uh, we were down one of our, our pit crew and, uh, he stepped up to run the pit and he did, you know, was making 130 racks of ribs. I saw that. And, uh, was even training, uh, our man Fern, uh, he was doing a little impre- was here? A- apprenticeship. Yep. Wow. Yeah. I told him, be careful what you ask for. Dude, throw He's you right like- into the fucking fire. <laughs> you ask for it. Well, you shall Absolutely. receive my friend. Absolutely. But, uh, Good for him. we are very fired up today to go back, uh, back to my, my beginnings with somebody that I've known. I think, man, I think we've known each other since sixth grade. Um, wow. 
back over in 1940. Yeah. So we, uh, we brought La Jolla to East County and, um, this guy I have known since sixth grade, uh, somebody that works his ass off and somebody that has earned everything that he's been given. And now he's on the entrepreneurial side of things and they're running a fucking fantastic place called wheat and water in bird rock, which is part of La Jolla. Um, actually, about a block away from where I grew up. I grew up on Bird Rock Avenue, and they're on the corner. They're on La Jolla Boulevard and Bird Rock. Uh, Probably one of the toughest places to open up a restaurant. We know a lot about that, opening up a restaurant here on Troy Street in Spring Valley. But we do want to welcome Ted Cochran from Wheat and Water. Welcome to Behind the Smoke, Ted. What's happening? Yeah, boys. Thanks for having me out. You made it out here. You found us. Kind of. There's no surf out here. My God. A little, fish, little fish bit out different. Of water. Yeah. I know you are fish, fish out of water. Fish out of water. A little <laughs> bit different than La Jolla, um, but we'll get you acquainted, man. Thank we'll you. We'll get you acquainted. It's uh, definitely a pleasure to have you out here. Um, so, growing up in La Jolla, what the fuck got you into wanting to open up a restaurant? Oh man, it's a trip. It's um, you know, after high school, I was kind of like a little lost puppy. What do I want to do? I don't. So La Jolla no... High School, right? Yep, La Jolla, La Jolla High School. High school. Didn't spend too much time there. It's mostly. Hang in the beach, <laughs> chase chicks and have fun. But um, you know, I got a job at a uh, El Pescador Fish Market, and I think that's a a starting point for a lot of young young people in La Jolla. They don't, you know, oh my bros work there. Well, that sounds like a cool idea. So I got a job there because all my buddies were there, and and um, God, it's 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 a, it's a iconic, you know, restaurant fish market in La Jolla. It's been there now thirty plus years, and I. God, it was it was probably one of the best experiences, best jobs. What of did my, you get? What kind of job was it? Entry level? Total entry entry le- total entry level. You know, I'd never really picked up a knife before. I had never done much cooking besides you know making mashed potatoes with grandma for Thanksgiving and Christmas and stuff like that. But um, you know, I I love obviously I love to eat. You know, I packed on a you know fifteen twenty extra. Pounds. <laughs> You're in good company. Yeah, right? like yeah, hundred percent love getting after it. But yeah, I was like, oh man, this is killer. I get to work with my friends. It's really busy. It's it's you work hard and you play hard. Sure, hundred percent. And um, like I said, it was one of the best times of my life. In that we would work our faces off, and then we would we would travel. We'd go to Fiji and, and work on the little island of Tavarua, and we'd go chase swells down to Baja. And nice. We'd, and we'd come back, and you'd work you know fifteen twenty doubles in a row, and, and you go do it all over again. So for those that don't know, what's working a double? You know, anybody, if people want to classify it as, oh, anything over eight hours or something <laughs> like that, it's, you know, but shoot, you know, 16, 17, you know, 15, 16 hours, you yeah. know, let her rip, tater chip. Yeah. I think uh, one of the things that people don't understand is how hard we actually have to work in the restaurant industry. And when you're working a double, that really doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean two eight-hour shifts. It really means you're just going to work until the job gets get finished. Get the fucking job done. Yeah, get the fucking job done. And um, I think uh, Fern got a good taste of how we roll out here. Uh, he was just kind of blown away on Sunday thinking that, you it's know. It's a lot of business, it just, man. It's a lot of business. It's a lot of work. And, you know, what those guys do in the kitchen, the amount of hours and the heat and the pressure. I mean, tickets falling on the ground tickets that can't even stay up on the line anymore. Um, it gets intense and, you know, working at a place like El Pescador, like Ted said, it, it is an iconic place. It's an iconic, um, 
fish market. And there's a reason why. A big they, place, small, like small so restaurant? So it, it, it was a small restaurant. They yeah. have since moved. How long ago was that, Ted? God, it's been, they're probably coming in their year and a half now. So before new, it was at the new location. Yeah, it was just a, it was literally a walk up market where you would come and get fresh fish on the whole La Jolla Boulevard on uh, Pearl Street. Pearl Street. Pearl. So yeah, just right off of La Jolla Boulevard, right, literally a stone throw away from Bishop's High School where I went to high school, and they moved across the street to more of a full service sit down restaurant. Is that right? Yeah. Well, it's still kind of a fast casual concept. Uh, so they have like you order and then you go sit down at your table. Yeah, exactly. Yep, less labor. Right. I mean, <laughs> what, that, that's what, that? what, right. That's what's going to happen, man. People uh, with these increases on minimum wage and everything, that's kind of what we're forced to do is figure out ways to. New layouts of restaurants, for sure. Layouts, how to, you know, get labor down. I mean, that's that's what we have to figure out and keep the key people happy and the rest we'll, we'll figure it out. So, Ted, back when you were working, is there a trainer or a manager, somebody that really taught you what the fuck was going on? Something that you remember and that you continue to pass on to your staff, your crew? Yeah. I mean, one of my best friends in the world, Adam Warren, mm-hmm. he, uh, he taught me how to use the claw, you know, how to not cut your fingers off. <laughs> you know, that was, that was pretty, that was pretty pivotal right there. I, you know, had knife skills, Adam and, but, you know, and Sean Shannon, the guy that owns the place, he's, um, you know, he was the one that kind of showed us that, yeah, you work your face off and you can have a good life. Yeah, you know he travels a lot now. He's probably gone, you know, four months out of the year or something like that. But he's built a great crew and he takes care of the people and and um, yeah. So I mean, the Adam and Sean and you know, there's a couple of you know Justin Howard, Mikey Wilson, got Tyler Seckman. The list goes on. I think one of the coolest things about El Pescador is that they took the time before they expanded, and now that they've expanded, they've been successful. Oh God, so many curses that happen to restaurants is that they want to expand too fast to that second location and when they get to that second location they realize they don't have the systems in place to be successful and you know it's actually not even a second location because they just moved across the street and that became their new location so it's still just one location but they did it the right way and i mean when did el pescador open when like well, 70s, right? Yeah, the first one was on a PCH in Del Mar. Oh wow! And and that's you know back in the you know mid mid late 70s. I'm like, shoot, we got a good con- concept here. It's mm-hmm. it's going well. Let's let's do it down in La Jolla. And, and Sean, his resume is pretty hilarious. He was a paper boy. Nice paper boy up until like 16, and then you know for the Union was, Tribune. I forgot which paper. You know, he's a North County guy, a Solana Beach guy. Okay, but um, so it very well could have been. But uh, got paper boy, and then started working El Pescadores. You know, little fishmonger dude, and, and and making sandwiches and stuff like that. And then he became part owner at the one La Jolla, and then wound up buying out Jeff Norris. And uh, you know, now he's you know probably classify him as a millionaire. He probably told me to shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he's done very well for himself, but dude, that guy he he's earned it. Yeah. So so what are um, some of the growing pains you've had to face, you know, being a new new place in, in La Jolla? Um, you know, how did you come up with the concept and how are you trying to get the community involved with you? Yeah, totally. So, the, I mean, just kind of a little snapshot. The, a, a friend and I were surfing one day. We're surfing Southbird and we go, oh, shoot, let's, let's go get some pizza after, after this. It sounds great. You know, we just kind of, you know, burn some calories, kind of fun to go grab a beer and, and some pizza. But 
you know, no offense to anybody that the other restaurants are there. They've, they've done it. They've proven concept and stuff like that. But I wanted to do, you know, I wanted like some good freaking pizza. And unfortunately you've got to leave La Jolla and you've got to go to North park, South park, North right. County, downtown gas lamp, so on and so forth. So we're like, okay, shoot. You know, I, I, you know, I've gone to culinary school, worked at, worked at a bunch of great restaurants. And this, this particular guy that I started the concept with, um, he, he and his family owned a restaurant. So we go, shoot, well, let's just, Let's just start our own restaurant. <laughs> yes. Great idea. Great idea, right? right there. Great <laughs> idea. Um, but it's all I know how to do pretty much. You know so what, what I mean? year was that? What, what were we talking? Geez, like three and a half, four years ago now. Don't they feel like dog years? I don't even, I don't know what happened. It's like 21 years. I don't know what happened. People were like, oh, the restaurant's been open for nine years. I'm like, nine years, no way. Look, It's been, it's been open for like 45 years. Yeah, the gray hair's coming out. Yeah. It it's doesn't like stop, that. I'll tell you that. I'm no. Fucking yeah, so, so we... Um, we go, okay, shoot. Well, let's, let's look around. Let's look at locations. You know, what do we want the concept to be like? And I wanted, I wanted rustic, good, you know, wood-fired charred pizza right. and other delicious side items. I don't think you can just have a, a pizza concept anymore. You know, it's worked. Pernicanos, it's worked. And some other, you know, they've got some other complimentary dishes. But I wanted to do some really killer, you know, fire-roasted, um, rustic, charred stuff food delicious food and so we're like shoot there's that 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 just doesn't exist so okay is there a little niche in the market is there a little wiggle room here we could kind of get in and sure but where do we go do we go downtown la jolla where you know you're paying four bucks a square foot or something like that five bucks a square foot easy yeah i mean it's fucking insane it's ridiculous and they wonder why there's so much turnover all the time you know how do you well i mean when the landlords are i mean they're not you have to be able to to grow your business and when you're a brand new concept it's so hard to establish yourself in a market like la jolla because people are picky as fuck they was want, your, was they your want something that's fantastic was your landlord good, good with you i mean they allow you some ti and some they help you out or they just fucking say here you go no comment <laughs> <laughs> it's behind the smoke trust me they're not they, they won't listen no it's listening. all good it's no all listening. good i would love to be able to purchase this building one day and i want to keep things on a just a positive on level. a positive there, level yeah. no and yeah just keep the karmic energy kind of positive you know what yeah I mean? but um yeah so we we said shoot we don't want to be in pb that's not the concept we don't want to be in downtown la jolla because it's just it's too much money we're you know when we we're raising money for the for the concept you know i back it up just i had since you know moved on from that original concept partner it just he just didn't want to you know go forward with it and i respect that you know it's it's done deal sure and uh so I got got linked up with my business partner uh, Doug Ritz now, awesome dude, and um, we started raising dough for the place after we had you know identified the location and and how fucking hard is it to raise money for a restaurant that's never been open? Oh my god! People are like, "Fuck you, Ted." Well, and how'd you go about? Uh, it? How about fuck did you? Did you do Ted? like a Kickstarter? Did you, what'd you do, dude? We did just about everything, including like you know partially selling our souls. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but you know, like back to what Sean said, it's like you know, La Jolla is, La Jolla is tough. You well, know, not only that, but you pick, I mean, I grew up on Bird Rock Avenue and I, I watched every single different type of business fail. It did not matter. La Jolla Boulevard was just, it was, it was a proverbial butcher shop for businesses. Well, totally. And until they put those roundabouts, I mean, you know, the La Jolla Community Council, they, I mean, credit to them. I mean, they had some forward thinking and I don't know how the fuck they pulled it off, but they put in these roundabouts, which... You know, for California, for San Diego, I mean, it was just this concept that people are like, what the fuck, a roundabout? You know, that's something that comes from England, you know. Was it just to slow people down? It's literally to slow, it, it's what we need on Troy Street. I mean, I, I joke when we do orientation with our new hires, I'm like, do you know what the, do you know what the Autobahn is? 
like autobahn you know i'd get i'll get one out of one out of five kids that actually know what the autobahn is they go oh it's isn't it the place in germany where you can drive as fast as you want I'm like, yeah well this is the east county autobahn and that's literally what la jolla boulevard used to be it was an autobahn people I mean, just people, flying around it's supposed to be 35 miles an hour, but there's no stop sign. There's no, you know, stop lights to slow cars down. So until they put those roundabouts, now those roundabouts, I mean, they really do work. They and slow it makes cars people down. stop and look and see what's going on over Absolutely. there. Absolutely. And there's, and now they have di- diagonal parking, parking as well, which increased the amount of um, parking spots that they have in front of the businesses. hundred percent, hundred percent. It was, yeah, it was just a, it was a three-way drag strip. Yeah. Yeah. So in, until I was the, guilty of it. Six, well, yeah. 16 year old. I think we were drag racing. Maybe. Why not? Why not? YOLO. <laughs> <laughs> YOLO. Yes, exactly. Yeah. No. So, at, you know, back to your, your question, how do we raise money? We, we built a business plan and, and I really didn't want to hit up friends and family, but you have to start somewhere. Sure. You know? So I had some buddies that were like, yeah, shoot, this, this fuck, we need this. Absolute no brainer. You know, you've got, you've got the connections, you've got the network kind of in place. Um, as long as you got a good business partner, you know, that and which which Doug is, does Doug's awesome and, and does so much for the business that I I can't wrap my head around numbers. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. So oh, yeah, absolutely. I'm learning. I'm learning, but you know, we've got the we've got the network in place. So, you know, I go, look, maybe you don't want to invest in my my concept, but maybe you know three or four other people that might. You know? Yep. So I would go and talk to those three or four other people. One person might have interest. They might have invested, or they go, "Look, shoot, you know, I've got a buddy that's just, you know, he's fucking rich as shit and just wants to park some cash and and you know, be a part of something cool." Right. We got. Did you structure the plans completely different with everybody? It was just on an individual basis, or we try to keep it as 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 uniform as possible. Right. You know, it's easiest, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got to cut some deals here and there, and that's you know, that's business mm-hmm. negotiations and stuff like that. But um, we wanted to keep it as uniform as possible. Well, he got this, and I got that, and yeah, you know, it's just like no, it's it's clean all the way through. Right. So we we have a lot of um, aspiring entrepreneurs, people that you know, they're competitive barbecue teams or they're caterers, and they eventually do want to open up a business. What advice would you give to them as far as raising money, raising capital, proof concept? You know, and that's that's so cool that you guys are are part of the. Um, you guys do the Del Mar. The, yeah. You guys host. You guys host that. Yep. And it, it gives them a platform to kind of get their product out there, get their flavor profile out there, get their brand out there. But my my biggest thing is like pick a small little location, mm-hmm. find a find a restaurant that's failing, and prove concept. Or go to a farmer's market. Or go to a farmer's market, Fuck, 100%. You got, yeah. you got to find out how fucking hard it actually is. Because a lot of people, you know, they're working in a different career path. And you're like, oh, okay, well, I can do it as a restaurant owner. You know what? Am I going to put 50, 60 hours a week? No. It says, like, you have to be ready to fucking work. Exactly what we talked about is that double. Try 20 hours. Mm. Try 21 hours. Try your eyeballs are bleeding. And now you need to figure out how am I going to wake up and make sure that I go back and do it again? Mm-hmm. Because that, that's a very, very you know crucial thing too with the proof of concept. It's people love good food. And when they try your stuff, if, if you can produce quality food, they'll be back. Sure. So it doesn't matter where you're at. I don't, I don't care. You know, I understand, you know, there's some guys that say well people don't travel up a hill to go to a restaurant people that only come down hills and then all those things if you make fucking good quality product 
people are going to come. They'll, so they'll figure it out. The num the number one thing, if you read any you know books or magazines about opening up a restaurant, it's location, location, location. Right. That's they'll fucking say that through and through. For us, it's attitude, attitude, attitude. I don't give a fuck where your location is. If you're willing to put the work in, if you're willing to listen to your customers, if you're willing to listen to the neighborhood and embrace the neighborhood, it might take a while, but if you have something that's fantastic, people are going to come. And, you know, Bird Rock is probably the, per I mean, if there's, a, if there's a place that I could compare Spring Valley and Troy Street to, it would be La Jolla Boulevard is how difficult it is to build a successful business. And, you know, watching Beaumont, as a neighborhood eatery, they bucked the trend. You know, Bird Rock Coffee Roasters and Beaumont, th those two places, they actually came in after I had moved away from La Jolla. Um, but they're still there today. And not only are they there, but they're thriving. I couldn't agree anymore. And, and, and I got total respect to, um, you know, Dave and Megan Hines of Beaumont's and Chuck of Bird Rock Coffee Roasters, who just recently sold his concept to another guy that wants to kind of make it more of like a Southern California regional brand. But I mean, yeah, they put the flag in the ground. They said, hey, we're going to we're gonna make this cool here. And it took them, fuck, man, it's been, Beaumont's, I think, is like 12, 13 years, something like that. Yeah. It's been a while. Mm -hmm. And uh, Bird Rock Coffee Roasters, you know, probably seven, eight years. And it, like you said, it took Chuck probably like five, six years until he finally expanded to, you know, a couple more locations. But yeah, I mean, look, yeah, we're on the coast, but you're on the coast. So you're not, you've got the ocean right there. Most, yep. most places are surrounded by neighborhoods and whatnot. They've got 360 degrees and, and Dave Hines from Beaumont's kind of, you know, pointed this out to me. He's like, look, dude, you're, you're, you've got Mount Soledad right there. You've got one way in on Ardith and yep. one way in on, you know, from PB, you know, Ardith. <laughs> Do people even know what Ardith is? I, you mean La Jolla I, Parkway? Nope. <laughs> no, it's always I refuse to acknowledge. <laughs> I refuse to acknowledge. Fair. That's fair enough. Well, I'm down with Ardith. Yeah. So Google doesn't even know what Ardith is anymore. Fuck Google. <laughs> no. Yeah. So it's it, it, it is tough. And you know, to to your guys's point just a minute ago, it's like, yeah, location, 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 but good good food, great service. You know, cool little hangout place. For instance, when I want good tacos, you know where I go? Fucking National City. Yeah. And I hate to like. Do a shout out to like Tacos Gordo? No, because, it, because it's the truth. Fucking Instagram and you don't give a sh like white it, people are ruining that place. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now there's just a fucking line. You know, it's like a forty-five minute wait to go yeah. get some tacos. Yeah, but I will go down there and get their al pastor, cabeza, lengua, fuck everything because it is so delicious. I will drive thirty minutes to go and get tacos. Absolutely. No, that's uh, definitely um, something I do the same thing. You know, I go down there a lot, and my my parents have a car wash down there, so it's every time I go down there, it's like, oh my god. You forget how fucking good it is. Every single time I go there, I just get. Yeah, so you know, like when you when you start to focus less on the things that are hurting your business. You know, if we sat here and we're like, oh, we're on Troy Street. You know, we're across the street from Ramiro's Tires, and we have Champions Tires, and there's a liquor store, and you know, it's like all these negative things. You forget to focus on what are the things that are actually going to bring people through the doors. I mean, on fucking Sunday, on Father's Day, we had, you know, three guys helping people park in pawn shop and, you know, overflow parking. I mean, it looked like the East County Fair out here. But we, awesome. we, we did that because we've been so focused on how the fuck do we make the best barbecue possible on Troy Street. And if we do that, then it doesn't really matter where people live. They're going to come out. You know, feel, and, feel the dreams. And I think that's what you guys are trying to do with pizza. Um, 
not just pizza, but you know, the neighborhood concept or place where people can come and they can, they can hang out and they feel, they feel comfortable coming to a bar with their family. Right. Big time. Big so, time. I mean, how, how did you guys lay out the restaurant? What was the goals? And I mean, cause you guys did a, you, you took a while. <laughs> well, Is, yeah. How, how long did it take to get the restaurant open? Shoot. You know, I mean, there's so many things that were kind of involved with that in, in terms of, you know, we had a raising money, man. Raising money was really tough. And that, you know, if someone just wrote me a check for a million bucks, I'd be like, okay, I'll, I'll build you a restaurant in mm -hmm. friggin' six, eight months. No problem. But it took us like two and a half years because raising money was- Two and a half was, years. Yeah, raising money was tough. What did I know? tell you every time I saw you? Just, what did, Not just me, but every single person, like uh, all your friends, what did they tell you? Hey, I, Ted, is your restaurant open? When your restaurant are you open? Open? When are you going to fucking open? <laughs> Oh my God. Did you have the location the set? You know oh, where yeah. you wanted to be? Oh yeah, yeah there, we, there were people. There were people working on site every fucking day. Yeah, pretty I'm, much. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I mean, part of it was like we'd raise a little bit of money, and then we'd, you know, now that we're open, I can kind of like open up the book a little bit. But like, we'd raise some money, and then like we'd run out of money, so we have to, you know, <laughs> but still like, you know, kind of like okay, move that pile of dirt from there to there, and those sacks of concrete from there to there, you yeah. know, and we'd be bringing through investors and stuff like that, and like, oh yeah, stuff's totally happening. Things Pro are happening. Forward progress, you know, but we need money, you yeah. know, so that, that's, that's what took the longest time is raising money and like, you know, to fuck that voicemail, man, I swear to God, <laughs> I like, it gives me freaking, you know, goosebumps because it's just like, you know, it, I swear because of who we are and where we came from and, you know, fuck, I'll, I'll never deny it. I, yeah, I got a shot in the arm. I got a little, a little leg up from, from dad. Dad gave me some dough, but that all I did was just buy the former restaurant and bought the lease out. So once I did that, we were at zero dollars. Yeah. You know what I mean? We had to go out there and pound the pavement. We raised a million at the end of the day, we raised a million bucks to build this restaurant. The the construction, and the you liquor never license. Thought, you never thought it was gonna be a million. Because every time I talk to anybody that's gonna open up a restaurant, I don't care what they're gonna open, they're like, Oh, I'm you know, I'm thinking about raising a hundred thousand dollars. You know, I talked to a good friend, he's like, Oh, I wanna, you know, open up a brewery, it's gonna be real simple, this, that, the other, you know, I'm thinking about two hundred thousand dollars. I'm like, triple it. Yeah, I mean triple it. Yeah. yeah whatever I, like whatever amount of money you want, you better triple it because you just don't know. And the more money that you go after, you can build yourself a base for when the shit hits the fan or something goes the way well, that you before you know it, it's just fucking gone absolutely you're like, you're like, what the fuck where did that even go well, because you have to start making you have to start making micro decisions on what you're doing and in order to make those decisions you're choosing over quality like do i want this piece of equipment that i can buy used which i think i think will last me or i can buy a brand new piece of equipment that's going to guarantee last me but then eventually you add all those things up you're like shit i'm over budget now I have to start to find a way to trim. Right. Well, where do you tw trim? You start trimming, and then now you, next thing you know, you got a piece of shit equipment, and that equipment is the most important thing that runs your restaurant. You're like, right. fuck, I shouldn't have trimmed on that. Yeah, so Ted, you uh, you guys really are doing good with your, your beers, too. You guys, uh, I saw you got a nice little tap list, and how many uh, taps do you have? Well, we have 30. We have 30 taps. Now six of those are dedicated to wine, three, three white, and three red will now now a rosé because that's that's, that's ba basic <laughs> basic bitches just burning that fucker down there just like right rosé all day rosé yeah. all day there you it's go. it's awesome no I love it I love it um so and then we've got um you know a cold coffee a nitro and then so then we got twenty two uh beers on on draft and and it's so much fun 
just getting a trial the different beers out there and all the different flavor profiles. R and D. That's that's uh, why we do these things. It I is mean, a pain in the ass. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's uh, that's great. I mean, I saw you guys did some like tap takeovers. Was it modern? No, um, Mike Hess. Mike Hess. Yeah, yeah Mike Hess came in and totally. Yeah, we started with um, the first one was Green Flash Alpine, and then we did um, shoot. I feel like I'm missing Society, and then Mike Hess. And then we had modern times lined up, but I think we're what we even got too far ahead of ourselves. You know, we're like, we're trying to do too much shit too fast. Right. You know? So we're like, okay, let's just like bring it back down. We need to focus on, on service and how our, our, you know, servers approach the table and, and really give them the best service possible. We were do, trying to do too much too fast, just switching over the beer list and trying to get too fancy and stuff like that. It's like, no, we need to really hone in on, you know, training staff and making sure we're doing the best, best job possible right here. And then we can start doing fun stuff maybe next year or something like that. And the community is really uh, appreciating that. I'm sure. I mean, to have good beer down there and, and good eats, man, that's, that's, that's big. And to have a good atmosphere, you know, that, Oh yeah, that, that's really where you, you, I think where you, for me going to a restaurant, if I don't feel like have a good feeling when I go in there, I'm fucking done. I don't care. About Big time. If you, have, if you have a good atmosphere and you know, that's a, that's a real crucial to bring the community. People can bring their kids in, hang out. And that's a, a big aspect of uh, making sure that everyone becomes invested in not just your, your business, but you personally too. And that's where everyone just wants to stay. They want to support you. And hopefully that uh, continues to work for you. No. Yeah. hundred percent. I think, um, you know, what I wanted to build was, and I've, I've worked at some really cool places too. Like one, one of the, one of my favorite jobs in the world too, was working at sector nine skateboards. And what those guys did is they built, you know, kind of like a lifestyle brand. Yep. And that's what I wanted to do um, with wheat and water sure. is build a lifestyle brand. Oh shoot. I just went golfing. What am I going to do after? I'll just go grab a beer and figure it out after that. I just got done surfing. Let's go, let's go eat there and just, and you know, see what else, what's going to happen. You might just stay there all night. I, yep. I don't know. Right. You know, you, you know, I love watching Callie's, you know, Instagram feed because that's what you, I feel like you guys have done that too is you guys have a lifestyle restaurant where you can come post up and it's mm -hmm. a, it's a community at the end of the day, what are you going to, you're going to break bread and you're yep. going to be with people and you're going to create memories. I don't want to just have like a food factory right? yeah. come in and eat food and then leave. Yeah. Well, it's not transactional anymore. You, you make it, you make it part of a story and part of something that you do that you feel, you feel good about. I mean, you feel good about doing it because you know, for us, we, we love sports entertainment and we've created our restaurant around sports entertainment and getting involved with the San Diego goals and, you know, being at the hockey games and going tailgating with, you know, the chargers and doing those things. We, they didn't happen overnight. It became something organic because that's who we are. And like, we weren't ashamed of, of who we are and we're going to embrace who we are. I mean, you guys, what you have out there in bird rock is something that's, it's exciting because it's, it's who you are, you know, and it's, you've built that into wheat and water, you know, and you know, the yeah. more, you know, exactly what you talked about with El Pescador, like part, part of living that lifestyle was you guys going on those trips to Fiji, you know, and that was part of your crew. And that was part of what you did. You know, I, I just saw, you know, one of your Instagram posts with, you know, somebody with the wheat and water shirt at, um, uh, at the pyramids. Yeah. And like that, but like that's the cool shit is because like somebody actually traveled and they took your shirt with them. It's like, where in the world is wheat and water? You know, we have the same thing. We have our customers that share, you know, these awesome photos of, you know, we have soldiers in Afghanistan that put a, you know, a K 
Callie had on a donkey and like they're all posing, you know, because they want to see that Classic. picture in the restaurant. Yep. And where did that come from? I mean, it came from the cheese shop, to be honest with you. Yeah, 100%. Cheese shop, cheese shop in La Jolla. I mean, yep. they've been doing it my whole life. I would go into the cheese shop, I go get a turkey sandwich, and they have frisbees with the cheese shop. Yeah. But people from all over the world, this was actual real photos, not like digital, like, like in Instagram, <laughs> like we have now. Yeah. They'd actually take a real photo, like somewhere around the world with that fucking frisbee. And you're like, damn, that's really cool. Remember the, remember the picture with the guy? He's like an F4, F14 Tomcat. Yeah. And he's holding the frisbee. Exactly. It's like, dude, no, dude exactly. brought a frisbee. A freaking F fourteen top cheese shop. You know, that's insane. Yeah, I mean, we had we just did uh, we just catered for JC, one of our you know our closest friends. He just uh, he just retired from the navy, and he has he went to Antarctica, and on in Antarctica he has a fucking Cali shirt on. Yeah. It's like so it's so badass. That guy's a fucking rock star, by the way. Oh, that's what yeah, fucking love JC. Unbelievable. Yeah. Sick. But yeah, no, that's, uh, those are the things that I think those are the things that really, they make those 21 hour days where your eyeballs are bleeding. Uh, they make it all worth it. Oh, I was so psyched to see that. So tell me, I actually, we saw you guys are doing Grubhub and Uber Eats. How does that, how does that, how's that, how long have you been doing that? And how are you double dipping? <laughs> Man. <laughs> It's like because they want you to like mortgage your dude, I, I, your I, I, firstborn child. Can't do it. They're like, yeah, okay, okay. You, I mean, here's the okay behind it's the 20, smoke. It's twenty percent, right? Here's your fucking truth, man. You know, yeah, it's almost like you're it's losing 20, money. It's twenty. So it's inverse of catering. So the so the best part about catering is you get paid prior to you actually giving them the product, and yeah. you're guaranteed. It's not vending where you're going. Oh, I'm guessing that there's going to be a hundred people there. Um, you're going there and you know that you're serving a hundred people that have actually already been paid for delivery. Now they're actually taking the payment for the food that you've already cooked. Not only are they taking payment, but they're also taking their service fee. Correct. And then they're paying you at the end of the month. So let's say, let's hypothetically <laughs> say that you do $10,000, right? In Uber Eats. To they go. just take two grand off the top. They're going to take two grand off the top, but not only two grand days. off the top, but then they're going to they're going to pay you next month at the end of July what you've already given. They're I'm going to pay you eight grand. I don't, <laughs> I don't like that. I like it. No, no, like you. No, no, no. But, uh, no it's a, it, it is. It's like you know, and pe what people need to understand is that you're operating on such tough margins, right. the thinnest I mean? of margins. Yeah, you're like God. I hope that we can get to like. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15% mar you know, yes. profit margin. No, yeah, absolutely. You know, and, right. and not only that, but I mean, wh when when you came out before you guys opened, when you and I had that hour meeting, yeah. right? Yeah, I remember. I told you a bunch of shit you didn't want to hear. Yep. I was I was like, I'm just going to be fucking brutally honest with my friend right. and tell him all the things that he doesn't want to hear. I'm not going to pat him on the back. I'm not going to say, hey, good fucking job, Ted. I'm going to tell you. These are where we fucked up. We fucked up because we didn't, do a weekly inventory. We didn't have systems in place to keep our restaurant profitable. And all these things that you don't want to do as a restaurant owner, you have to fucking do it. Otherwise you don't, all your money's going to be gone. Well, it's yeah. not sexy. Right? Nothing sexy it, it about it. There's like, nothing fuck, sexy about a fucking purchase order. No. Again? Every single week. There's six of them. Yes. Great. Six, six of them. There's too. five and a half. Right. Now there's five and a half. Like, but oh, now, you, now those pennies, 
It's like, fuck, dude, that, that actually adds up. Now, our now, inventory, I mean, at the store, we're at fucking $600,000 in the inventory in our store. Ooh, yes. It's like, fuck me, dude. Yeah. Like, well, what if, if you didn't count that? that? But what if you didn't yeah, count that? What if it was 550000 Yeah, go fuck yourself. $50,000. I, I count everything. <laughs> your your wife would be like, where the fuck is that $50,000, yeah. Derek? Yeah, no, it's, uh, that's one of our biggest goals is to make sure everything comes in that back door and goes out that front door. Yeah. And, and to make it happen in a, a reasonably quick time is uh, paramount to our success. Because we have perishable products. That's one of the, my stepdad said a long time ago, he's like, perishable business is no fucking joke. No, I we're mean, a fucking it, factory. It, it's, it's hard, man. It's, it's, uh, you know, he, he owns car washes and, and that guy's a fucking workhorse in himself, but he's like, you know, that, that perishable stuff, man, it, you know, that's got an expiration date. Yeah. You better get it in and get it out. And mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's not, like we said, it's not sexy to, to do all those things that are behind the scenes and, but it is the most crucial thing to make your business successful is to yeah. know where you're at at all times. So, I mean, I think one of the things I did tell Ted about was restaurant uh, solutions. RSI. RSI. So RSI, they allowed us to set up systems, software-based, that for independent restaurant owners, it allows us to compete with the big boys. So there's a reason why corporate restaurants that have – 10 units, 15 units, 150 units, why they are successful is because they force their GMs, their managers to do all the shit that restaurant, independent restaurant owners don't do and don't want to do. Um, they set up all your payroll. They set up all your AP. They set up, set up all your menu engineering. They do so many things that we're still now, we've been with RSI, I think, for five years now, and we're still using different tools that are helping us improve our bottom line. That's great. And if you can't improve your bottom line, if you can't pay your bills, what kind of fucking business are you running? A backwards business. A backwards business. That's absolutely right. How, how's the RSI been working for you? It's great. Like you said, it, it holds everybody accountable and, it, and, and, you know, we're only really scratching the surface with them. It's like, Oh shit. Okay. We got done. People are like, okay, you're, you're done with construction. Are you happy? I'm like, no, now we got to fucking run a business. Yes. You know what I mean? But it, it, it's great because it holds everyone accountable. You know, in, you know, cash is king inventory. You know, you got to know where you're at. Um, but yeah, it's like, Oh, uh, you know, we don't, we only have, uh, one bottle of this, but we're supposed to have, yeah. Two. Well, then you know you have a theft problem, well, that's, or you have an overpouring, or you have an overpouring problem. We have that. You don't know that yeah. unless you're actually On weekly looking at those numbers. We had that at the store, and the reason we got rid of the malt liquors, four locos, forties, everything like that, was because I'll get a case of fucking twelve in, and four go through the register. Yeah. And the, all the rest, I'm like, you're like, what the fuck? I'm I, I'm no go? mathematician, but that's not right. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> and I'm like, well. I'll get rid of the fucking problem. I just won't fucking bring them in anymore. Yep. And that's when we really started going to craft beer. And we now we carry about a thousand different craft beers, but we can manage that inventory and those aren't getting stolen. But those aren't getting you made you made a cultural decision as well. Sure, oh my God, you made so a decision you made a decision that, you know, oh, we should be selling this because we're gonna lose this demographic, this right. certain customer. Just like we used to do fifty cent wings. 
Yeah. We used to do 50 cent wings and we would get people that would come in with quarters and they would pay for 50 cent wings and they would make our servers lives hell where we'd have, we'd have waitresses that would start crying. So like, I can't do it. Like I can't, you know, I can't go and serve this table, you know, all these, they want six different types of wings and you know, it, it just created chaos. We got like, rid oh, of- well, we're really busy. Guess what? That, that really busy. And that thin profit margin doesn't, doesn't didn't work. even make any sense. Yeah, we got rid of uh, Western Union and check cashing for yeah. the same same type of Absolutely. reason. And it's like, you know, I know there's times where you got to send money to people. And, um, you know, I know my mom had sent money to me one time in college, mm-hmm. Western Union. Um, but the majority of the people that don't have the checking account yeah. <laughs> that can't, you know, they weren't the ones. After they cashed their check, they weren't coming in and buying anything from no. the store. You know, so it was just no, like, they you know, were hold, they were holding up the line for the exactly. people that actually were there. That for the three dollars that we made, mm-hmm. it was just a, a nightmare to get my manager to go up there and, and do it. And then the fraudulent checks, and then until Telecheck came along, and we were, you know, we were I, we were losing money on on that kind of stuff. So I I definitely do want to talk about how fucking amazing your pizza is because Ooh. my wife is probably one of the most picky eaters in the world. And when we came out there, we came out for your soft opening. Uh, before a goals game, it was me and my wife and uh, Eric, our general manager, and we had the pizza. And it the next day, my wife's like, "Let's go to back to Ted's." I'm like, "Yeah, but Ted, it, it's in Bird Rock." She's like, "I don't care." It's like she all she could talk about was how fucking amazing that pizza was. Wow. So what uh what what are you guys doing that makes that pizza so special? Well, first off, I I greatly appreciate the kind words and. You know, I hope you guys. It's come brutal back. honesty. So if, if it was shitty pizza, my <laughs> wife would fucking say it was shitty pizza. No, totally. And I, I, you guys earned that. I, I think it's a good starting place, and by by no means am I satisfied. And and, and things have gotten better. The dough is, has matured, and it's gotten more of like that little bit of sourdough tang to it. So you're making conscious decisions on the actual dough, correct? All the if you don't have good dough, just fucking go home. Yeah, go home. You know, go. If you really want to learn about good dough. You know, go read the the tartane book. Is tartane. that would you say that's the most important thing for a pizza? Yeah, yeah. that's your that's your that's your vessel. Yeah. You know, and if you have a you know your dough and then the cooking process, you know, and everybody can go, oh well, gas fired oven is great because you know you, you can really manage the you can get really get a consistent product. But then you know the wood's fun because you get a little bit of char and you get a little bit of flavor and character. And so rustic. what kind of wood are you using? We use white oak double split. White and, oak double split yeah how much wood do you go through we go through about uh two cords a month and Ooh, i thought that's, I a, th- lot. that's, a, lot that's a lot of wood that's no bullshit yeah you know You're i thought it was more than wood? double cord that's serious yeah it's it's you know it's, where are you getting it from you know it's a it's right there, the guy's right down the street his name is diego de la cruz he's freaking in la jolla no it's a wood guy in la jolla <laughs> no, no, no 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 is it california get the fuck out of here yeah 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 super super good guy uh, he and his crew, they come like clockwork uh, every other Wednesday, and they I've got a little shed in the back, and they, they stack it there all killer, and he comes in, gives me the invoice. I go, you got 10 minutes? He's like, of course, for what? I'm like, let me let me send you guys with some food, nice. give him a couple pizzas. We actually just um, launched a new pizza called La Pizza, and it's a, um, a chili verde pork shoulder <laughs> braised for like four hours. Yeah, just it just pull yeah, apart. Be a chili right, <laughs> dude. It's it's psycho. I always wanted to do like a Mexican style pizza because growing up here in San Diego, that's where we lived. Basically, that's where yeah. we live. Yeah, yeah. well, yeah, we are in Mexico. I, yeah, and I'd go down to Mexico every fucking weekend. Yeah, yep. to either surf or to go to Rosarito or go crush some tacos. Exactly, tacos del Yaki in Rosarito. I mean, uh, I just fucking live there. God bless you. Just fucking. 
So yeah, I mean, and and I, I, I haven't really seen, and I'm not saying that it's not not been done before, and I'm not even calling us like groundbreaking or anything like that. But I wanted to do a Mexican pizza, and I hadn't seen one, and I wanted to do it right. And our new chef, uh, Christian Fuel, he was um, born in the states, then raised in TJ. Freaking awesome dude incredible flavor profile he worked at a cucina urbana for four years and then most recently galaxy taco for two years which we're actually doing today's you know tuesday and this is coming out friday but tonight we're doing a taco takeover awesome at, at galaxy really? yeah so we're, we're super fired up for that but the la pizza flavor profile is is insane it's mexico on a pizza well um i expect go. to see you there yeah, yeah. i'm definitely i'm definitely oh, we're fucking there. going for sure we're actually looking at opening up a little uh New place out in La Jolla. So if uh, please talk, well, please, um, <laughs> if you, I mean, yeah. I, I think that that's like what La Jolla is really, really missing. Mm-hmm. And if you get, if I've got some ideas, I would just love, I want you to, to be successful there. Sure. And you know, what you're him, doing, I told him the same thing. Yeah. I was like, you can't go to La Jolla without talking to us. Yeah. No, no. And we're, we're excited about it. And we're just kind of, I was, our, our I was way more excited right for them to take over the fucking, the old luckies and Albertsons right there. That was close, man. That the was one really, across really close. from Los Dos. That became the Valley Higgins, Farm Market. Then, oh fuck! I was uh, I was close, but they had a um, who who went in there? Gelson's. Gelson's. Yeah, did. so Gelson's bought uh, the they had a stock horse agreement, so they had eight, and I would have to match their price. It, it just it wasn't gonna. I was gonna put myself in a bad position by yeah. opening up there, so I couldn't do it. But I we really want to get into that uh, community out there and. We have uh, a lot of friends and family that live out there that are really excited about us thinking about coming out there, and I know I'll definitely bounce all my ideas off you guys to make sure that it's something that can work, um, and we will talk about your landlord, because I think maybe your landlord owns some of the properties that I'm looking at, <laughs> so, um, but I'm, I'm in the same position, because I don't, I have a really, really hard time leasing. I own the property that we're at right now, and it's it's hard for me to go from owning to to leasing and putting myself in that situation. So, hundred percent. That's I want to be able to uh, buy it as well. So, he's uh, he's he's open to the idea. He's getting a little older, so we'll see if um, he's willing to sell it. If we're if I just have first right of refusal. Hundred percent. So, I well, I think that the community would really get behind something like that, and I think that's what's really cool is that people are really starting to get away from the big box stores, and they want to see. Where's my food coming from? No, it's huge. It's huge. Like we get rid of, we don't do commodity stuff anymore. You don't, you're not going to see anything at my store. I mean, for for our meat and our seafood and everything like that, it's like I'm not buying IBP product. I'm buying from my packing house, which is a small packing house. You only slaughter, you know, a small amount per day, and I can tell you exactly what they are fed. I've gone out there probably 15 times myself, and I can tell you from conception to slaughter what they're doing how they're doing it i have live feed at their place anytime like a customer wants to see i've never had more people ask about it than they're asking now i mean that's so rad yeah and 10 years ago when i first went into the business i mean they didn't give a shit they're like oh this is really good stuff yeah and now they're like oh how is this raised how you know it's not everyone's like consumers educated yeah the organic uh like people don't really even care about organic anymore they want to know how the fuck it was raised yeah they want to know exactly how it was raised and that's uh that's been big for us because we've been such a proponent of that for the last 10 years well it's now it's actually it's it's important because it's been important to you yeah and you've forced yourself to always be learning i mean even with our chicken i i got out of 
some of these chicken places that I, I flew out there, I'm like, that's fucking disgusting. Like, you, you knew I was coming out here, and that's what I saw? So I don't even want to know what I didn't see when you didn't think I was coming. So, nope. But we've, I mean, we've talked about it before. You, I mean, we're why men. Yeah. Why? Yeah. And you want to know why because the more that you know about the product that you're selling your customer, the more that you can help educate them, but also educate yourself to make more conscious decisions on, Huge proponents on, the, stuff, of education. on the stuff that we're doing. I mean, if yeah. we're if we're going to continue to be in business, and it's 2017. I mean, we're... We're, we're in this. We're not going anywhere. And if right. we're going to continue to be successful and we're going to continue to find opportunities to grow and to do things, you know, at the Del Mar Thoroughbred Club and to do, you know, put on festivals and to partner with amazing people, you have to ask those questions. And sometimes those questions make, they get uncomfortable. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like I said, we're huge proponents of education. And the more I can educate my consumer, the more they get vested in what we're doing. And the more that they understand that we know what we're talking about and that we care when they know that we care and we're not just going to put out shitty product, it gives them a sense of relief. And they're like, okay, cool. I can now I can buy this, this, and this. And I was just going to buy this, but now I can buy everything because I know how much you know Derek cares about what's coming into the store. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so true. And to be able to stand behind your product and go, yeah, you're going to pay a couple extra bucks a pound yeah. or you know, a little bit extra here and there. But you know what? I've, I've gone and done the legwork. This is outstanding product. And I feel good about it. When I go and deliver a pizza or a meatball or an octopus plate on someone's you know, table, I go, yeah, this is, this is absolutely delicious. I am the final quality control, sure. yep. you know, and our chef, you know, from the food getting built at the, you know, at the restaurant cooked and then coming across that expo line, you know, we don't send stuff. I'd rather go to the customer and be like, Hey, you know, we, we accidentally burn it. Shit happens. Right. You know, let me yeah. buy you a beer. Let me buy you a round of beer or something like mm-hmm. that. Pizza's going to be like five, 10 more minutes. But to be able to go and take that food and put it on the table and it's for you to pull that meat out of the, out of the, uh, the case. And you know, give it to them. You're like, yeah, this is delicious product. And well, you sleep, is- you sleep well at night. Like I, I, I yeah. tell people that all the time. Like I don't have problems sleeping because I know I am trying to get out the give out the best product I know how at the cheapest price while still making a living. Do the right and, thing. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't, I don't have problems sleeping because well, you're not scared of work. No. Fuck people no. are people are terrified of that dirty four letter word. Yeah. And that four letter word is work. Yeah. People don't want to do the work, but when you do, well, they the think work, they do. No, they don't until they actually do it. Well, I mean, we, people think they all okay, I fucking work hard. Yeah, so, no, well, you don't fucking work hard. Like well, when you do work hard and you do make conscious decisions, you have to make those micro conscious decisions every single day. And when you put that fucking pizza on the table, you know that you've done the best fucking job possible. And you know, your team has all worked to make sure that everything that went into that pie was exactly the way that you wanted it done to spec. I'm fucking hungry. I want some of that pizza. I think about that fucking Mexican pizza, bro. I cannot wait. Well, I, yeah, I was telling Sean. To it's annihilate like, that shit. I was telling Sean, man, why, why are we doing podcasts in the morning? I, you know, I know you don't drink happy beer. Hour, happy, happy hour podcasting. Yeah, we, you we know, have a, couple, have a couple cold, delicious beers. I'll, sure. bring, I'll bring some, you know, pizzas and some good stuff and we'll, we'll you know, get down. We're actually yeah. thinking about starting to do some, uh, you know, at different places. So uh, don't tempt us. We'll so, have to come down to exactly. Rock and do a podcast there. I would be... You know the 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 place is yours. We'll we'll get you set up in like the back little booth area or at the bar. I don't give a shit. Do go wherever you want. Sit outside in the beautiful patio sunlight. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, have dog some friendly fun. patio. We, we're always down to bring our dog anywhere. Hundred percent. Dog goes everywhere. Diego doesn't just doesn't, on sand. Just on sand. Yeah, no sand for the dog. Just Diego. Uh, wow, so ten what, left. what what uh what is the best things you guys have been doing marketing wise? God, you know, I I wish that. 
I really wish that I, I wish and I don't wish, I wish that we had the money to, you know, throw 50 grand at marketing, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I love, I love how you've branded yourself and you're out there and you got the table, you know, the table skirts and you got the stickers and the, and you know, hot um, barbecue bottles and stuff like that. But at the same time, it's also made us be really, really creative and you have to kind of do that gorilla you know, marketing, guerrilla marketing. I mean, we we definitely didn't have that shit when we first started. When we oh, I go, know, yeah. When we opened two thousand and eight, and we had an opportunity to go to you know Rock one hundred five three to you know promote our product, we didn't have fucking table skirts with branded logos on them, or you know barbecue retail bottles. Like we oh, literally that. all we I don't even know if we had fucking chafing dishes. To be honest with you, no, we literally just made it happen. I remember you when know, we first we, bought our Cambros, I was like, "Holy shit!" Yeah, I was like, like "Oh fuck, Cambros! Wow. Oh, they have wheels? Yeah. <laughs> you know, wheels? Like what? One hundred and fifty dollars for a set of Cambro wheels? Yeah, but I mean, jeans like you got to buy the best, and when you buy the best and you use Cambros, you're like, "Shit! How the hell did I use anything else?" But you do what you have to do with the budget that you have, and uh, think back to you know what you're saying is you guys are doing a great job building your brand Thank and you. you're building it low and slow. <laughs> you're doing the things that you have to do with the budget that you have. And I think marketing wise, you know, I was joking around with you about Twitter you know, I was like, what's your, what's your Twitter handle? And you told me you didn't have one. You said, we haven't hired a PR firm. Like you are your fucking PR firm. Right. Like at the end of the day, Sean you gives are, me shit too. Cause I just, I finally just got one. So well, don't feel too bad. It's, I mean, it, it's funny just cause the world that we live in, we live in a, a, just an attention span world where, where is the attention and why do like, why are people, you know, focusing on what you do? And if the better posts that you put on Instagram, the more followers you, you're going to get, the more likes that you're going to get, the more that people are like, Oh fuck dude, I feel like pizza. Right. <laughs> let's go get some pizza. You know? Oh, I'm, I'm in La Jolla. Let me, let's go stop by Ted's spot. You know, and but that takes a conscious decision to do those Instagram posts and to find the time to integrate that into what you're trying to do. And you know, to be honest with you, I think that the gr- the greatest form of marketing is being the owner and being present. Sure. Hi, how yeah. are you? How was your food? It was it delicious? Awesome. Thank you. Or how can we make it better? How can we make your experience better? You know, that person's going to go, shit, man, this guy freaking cares. But being honest about that too, right? Yeah. Like you're actually, you're asking because you fucking care. I'm I'm not asking you just for like, okay, just to ask you. But like, if you do tell me something that you didn't like, I'm going to fucking take that to heart and say, okay, how can I make that better? I'm not going to be like, okay, cool. Someone doesn't like it next. You know, you well, honestly it's, want it's know. not only that, but it gives it gives us a competitive advantage over large corporate chains See, that yeah. other people don't have. You know, and the more that you put yourself out there serving that pie, you know, on Instagram to people, then they're like, oh, well, that's Ted. Now I know who Ted is. You know, fuck Derek. You know, we got on Valley Farm Market, got fresh halibut in last week. You know, Derek fucking cuts been cutting fish his whole life. But, you know, he fillets that fucking fish on on facebook that video i mean fuck the video has been viewed thousands of times it's real it's thousands of times and now all of a sudden you know somebody that talks about fish that talks about being a third generation butcher like oh shit actually derek knows what the fuck he's doing look at look at what he's doing to that fish you're like my wife's like oh can we go get halibut i'm like what you don't even like fish babe she's like well we had we had halibut in uh in uh in anchorage you know i had this amazing halibut salad like that fish looks amazing. I'm like, well, there you go. Facebook is working. Facebook videos. Now that shit is real. It's right there. And then all of a sudden you have all these other people that, you know, I've, I haven't interacted with in Facebook 
fuck, I don't know if ever, all of a sudden they're commenting on Derek filleting this fish. Yeah. I mean, it's, People actually it's incredible. People hey, I came in because of the video. Absolutely. And like, that's oh. the power of, you know, a video. And that's yeah. on Facebook. That's on Instagram. 30, that's 30,000 views on that. It's unbelievable. I mean, it's, it's absolutely unbelievable. And those are the things that are exciting. And because, you know, behind the smoke, you know, we joke around about it because, you know, literally that's what the podcast is. But people want to know more. The consumer wants to know more. And the more that we peel back the layer and let people in on the process, the process is quality. So there's nothing that, you know, there's no secrets that we're trying to hide. It's like we're showing you what we do and what we love to do. And what we love to do takes work and it takes time. Five. I could honestly go for like another three hours. This is this is actually really fun. Yeah, no, it's I mean, actually really fun. We actually, uh, at some point, we're gonna have to figure out. Maybe we might need to start going to two hours. I know, right? It's just so it goes by so fast. You know, you're talking all of a sudden, and then it's like, oh shit, we only have five minutes left. No, I uh, think it's nuts. Th- it seems like the content is just like it's it go it can go forever because you can talk about all different sides of the business, and that's that's the funnest part. And like what what's really cool about you know, for me, I'm an audio visual learner. Mm-hmm. You know, so someone could be like, listen to your podcast. And I'm looking up at the whiteboard right here, and you guys have an incredible list of people San Diego entrepreneurs and, you know, smart business people. And, you know, it's really cool that someone can just pick up a podcast and, and uh, learn something. Well, I mean, the most exciting part is, you know, the base that we have in San Diego with entrepreneurs, people that are doing things in barbecue, that are doing things in catering, that are doing things with restaurants and butcher shops um, and sports entertainment. I mean, we have such an incredible base here, not just in San Diego, but people in, that are listening to this podcast, I mean, we have people in Los Angeles that are tuning into the podcast because they want to know more about competition barbecue. They want to know about opening up a business. They want to know how do I market my business? You know, what are the things that are working that aren't working? And if, you know, two seconds of something that, you know, one of us says or one of the guests says will save somebody a lawsuit or save somebody, you know, three months of headache and pain. Fuck. Then it made it all worth it. You know, it made it all worth it because no matter where you are in the world, if you're opening up a business, we're all we all have struggles. And, you know, and the reason why we play that voicemail is because that's the real fucking shit that happens. You know, you start a business, you have a business partner, you all have hopes and dreams, and guess what? Shit is going to go sideways. No, you want to be able to grow. You want to be able to, everyone wants to be able to grow. That's a big thing, you know, Sean and I always talk about. It's like, look, we're not trying to compete with people. It's like, let's go. If you want to you want to jump on this wagon, we're all going to go together. We're, we just want to keep growing as much as possible, being transparent with each other, learning from each other. I, I love education, so I love just learning more and more about different... I mean, I don't even fucking even know about pizzas and how to, how to make them and stuff, but I cannot wait to go down there and learn even more about like the, the whole process of what goes into it, because I know it's a fucking... There's a lot, dude, and that's, that's awesome. Dude, come down. You know, I, I was talking to Sean about maybe getting some goat off you. We, we wound up changing the, one of the items we're doing tonight for the taco takeover from, from goat to... Um, oxtail mm-hmm. nice but i was going to actually you know get hooked up with you through sean to sure. possibly get some good off you but come down bring bring i'll fucking buy some meat off you bring that shit down come down let's make some let's make some food yeah. let's chop it up man let's I'm have in, some fun i'm into it you know yeah. that's what it's all about just and getting back to it breaking bread meet new friends have a beer iced tea eat some food create some memories that's what it's all about well i mean just just look at you know where you guys have been able to come in such 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 a short time. I mean, you are, you know, you become friends with Judson Richards who's on 1360 because 
of your shared passions and you had no fucking idea, you know, that you would be meeting people like this. I mean, just last week I had Jim Trotter, Jeff Dotsess, CS Keys here on Fight Night and they're here because of Twitter. I mean, yeah. literally because of Twitter because I I sent out a tweet saying, "Hey, you know, Fight Night's coming up. Now that's our crew. That's how we roll on, yeah. on Fight Night." And you know, it's those are the amazing things that happen as a result of those bleeding eyeballs and those 21 hour days but those are the things that we love to do and those are the benefits of you know of owning a business totally so um where can people find you what's the best instagram wheat and water yeah um wheat you know, amp- ampersand water wheat ampersand water um yeah you can love in my ampersand <laughs> i i just learned what ampersand was like eight months ago <laughs> now i think i'm fucking albert einstein yeah. all right that's an, like you know the the and symbol ampersand, like, dude, it's ampersand. you right. fucking neanderthal that, that might be the name of my son ampersand there you go if emoji sunglasses doesn't when's he take, coming out uh he could be anytime. anytime we could end this podcast early <laughs> so i would imagine if i get a, if podcast, i get a, if uh, i get a double phone call that means it's go, be here it's go time low and yeah. slow yeah We'll see. It's uh, it's an exciting time. For so sure. stoked for you, buddy. That's rad. Yeah, very excited. Do you have any kids? Away. I have two. I have two Woo. young boys. Yeah. Two boys. Three and one and a half. Yeah. So Badass. It's, uh, it's exciting, man. They're fucking, they're great. My wife's great. She uh, she holds it down. Congratulations. And, uh, just, it's an exciting part. And hopefully it's something that we can build that they want to be a part of later in life. So yeah. Hopefully have the example for them. Free labor. Well, Ted, we uh, we can't thank you enough for coming out here and finding coming us out, out, the barrio, out, man. out in East County. Right. <laughs> I'm not scared. I love it out here. Uh, I'm so I honestly so honored to come out here and and obviously always chop it up with you, Sean, growing hey, together. And you know, you you if there's one thing you know, you're gonna get fucking brutal honesty from me. I'm not gonna bullshit you. I'm gonna only tell. I'm gonna. A, a true friend is gonna tell you the things that are uncomfortable in life. Yep. I think that's why Derek and I get along so well. Is, yep. uh, He'll tell me I'm full of shit. He'll he'll call my bullshit. No no problem. Oh yeah, and I love getting out of my truck and getting yelled. Yeah, no fucking surf out here, cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but Keep um, so wheat wheat and water. Um, check them out online. Check out their Instagram. Um, Ted is going to start a Twitter account, so we're going to start tweeting at him. Uh, what is it? La pizza. La pizza. La oh, pizza. I can't wait. But yeah, be sure to go down to Bird Rock. Uh, be sure to stop in, say what's up to Ted. Let him know you heard him on the podcast. And um, be sure to go to iTunes and write us a review. Let us know how you like the podcast, what else you want us to talk about, um, anything that's helpful, not helpful. Tell us to go fuck off if you don't like what we're saying. Um, Love it. At the end of the day, we, uh, we're we honored to do this. This, this shit uh, is really, really exciting for us. So uh, barbecue war stories, tell your friends. And uh, be sure to tune in. Hopefully, uh, we can bring another podcast. Maybe from the hospital. Yeah. <laughs> See how my wife likes that. Yeah, I but, got my wife calling me right yeah, now. Yeah, Ted, uh, can't thank you enough, my man. Wheat and Water, La Jolla. Check them out. And, uh, Go check it out, man. Tune in, tune in next week. Yeah, boys. Yeah.